With your host, Ed Bondarenka. Our goal is to provide a platform for a discussion of pro life, pro Christian, and pro American constitutional principles in the light of current and historical events. America, bless God. Good afternoon, and welcome to Your American Heritage, where we talk about the two things you're not supposed to in polite company religion and politics. My name's Ed Bondarenka. And I'm not your normal fluffy insurrectionist. And I'll be your host today. Please fasten your seatbelts and stow any non-conservative ideas in the trash bin of history. My pronouns are... Okay, the show is hosted by Derek Stone, the hardest working man in radio. He's also the host of Stone Cold Sports, which comes on Sundays at 12.30 in the afternoon, right after my friend Sean Todd, the Rock and Rev, on the Intersection Show at noon. You know, it's... Not your normal fluffy Christian show. And it's not. You should listen to it, okay? I recommend you listen to the podcasts of all these shows on Wham! that come on Saturday and Sunday. Or you can listen to Theron's podcast, too, for that matter, at his webpage. But if you go to the whamradio.com website and click on the podcast tab, you'll see a place where you can find each show uh, that comes on on the weekend, including this. And if you go to Spotify or uh, Google Podcasts, you can subscribe to uh, many of these shows, including mine. So uh, share them with your friends. You know, if you don't get to hear all of this today, you can go back and get the podcast and see what you missed. And this is important. Our guest today is very important. It's not so much what I say around here, it's what the guests say that's important. Thank you. So, let's open in prayer. Father, this nation needs your help. Please deliver this nation from the despicable and illegitimate Biden administration, an administration that seeded itself through corruption and fraud, an administration that seeks to debase this nation founded on principles found in your word an administration bent on enslaving those you have set free. Please deliver us from the corrupt and power-mad Whitmer administration. Please open the eyes of understanding of the populace to those principles in your word. Will you please lead us and guide us into righteousness and wisdom? Give us the courage and strength to do what needs to be done. Thank you. Please. It's day 143 of the coup. There is a pretender in the White House. The balance in the power in the Senate has been stolen, And there are powers that are using all of this to overthrow the Constitution and implement their dominion over us. The Great Reset is not their goal. It is part of their plan. Their plan is to enslave you and make you like it. Your job, our job, is to resist, to support each other, and to push back their agenda, to encourage each other. It's Pride Month. Why does a small subset of the population get a month to honor their sinful and often psychotic behavior? Look, you know, you and I know gay people who are not psychotic, okay? We know gay, I mean, frankly, I do anyhow. People are decent human beings. It's sinful behavior. Yeah, we disagree on that. But then again, you've got the psycho crowd that wants to convince you that their abnormal behavior is normal. 
Why do they get a whole month? So they can parade in the streets, scare the children and horses, try to force us to act as if it's normal, to cut off parts of your body, to take drugs to suppress your physical attributes, encourage children to do the same, and tell them in the schools and on television, it's okay. This aberrant behavior is encouraged by the Democrat Party administrations. So the big question is, how did the wackos get in charge? How did these people that want to tell us these things and force this agenda upon us, how did they get into a position of power? You know? Well, first there had to be a reason to change the way we hold elections. (laughs) To do that, there needed to be a motive to change the way we hold elections. And that came in the form of a virus that, surprise, came from a laboratory in communist China. And the lab's purpose was to weaponize viruses, euphemistically called gain-of-function. You know what gain-of-function means, right? Well, if its function is to make people sick, (laughs) gain-of-function makes it worse. And this was funded by Fauci. You know, Fauci, the guy who was supposed to get us through the crisis. You know, two weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah, so that we didn't swamp the hospitals. We're going to lock everything down. So our first-line protections in the hospitals wouldn't get overwhelmed. And they never got overwhelmed. We know this. We have the video. We have the proof. We have the fact that the hospital ships never got used. The emergency field hospitals never got used. Yeah, we had sick people come in, and we had people dying, mostly because Democratic governors were throwing sick people in with well people in who were most at risk of dying from this plague. And I call it a plague because it has plagued our land. But really, although COVID can be deadly, COVID can kill you, not at the rates they ever predicted, and no more than uh, uh, some other um, illnesses that come in in this land that we don't shut the country down for. So they used the virus to give us lockdowns, to force us to wear masks, Masks at all the scientific documentation. You know, even Fauci's emails admit that the masks are useless except in hospitals and then only if done correctly. Why force us to wear masks, shut down our churches and schools, and to distance ourselves so we can't talk to each other and meet to assert their power over us and get us used to it? Many appear to like it. Look around you. So many people wear masks still. Why? It makes them or their loved one more comfortable. To wear a diaper on your face makes you more comfortable? It makes you look subjected. It makes you look like you're going along with the plot. It helps identify you as one of them and not one of, frankly, the thinking, the informed, the free. The free. Now, if you're listening and I've offended you, I'm very sorry for having offended you. But frankly, you need to know the truth. You need to recognize the truth. The masks do nothing but identify you. Makes you look like one of them. (laughs) In many cases, people wear it proudly as as a virtue signal that they are one of the enlightened ones. My goodness. All right. Last Sunday was the anniversary of D-Day. D-Day, of course, was the operation by the Allies to free Europe 
from fascism. Oh, it's so sad to see that it's almost like a wasted effort that these countries are willingly slipping back into quote-unquote soft fascism. It's not the fascism of the Nazis, but it's fascism. As I like to do on June 6th of every year, to honor and to remind myself of the effort that these, uh, that these young men put into setting the world free. I like to watch a movie called The Longest Day. And the movie opens with the French resistance anticipating the invasion. The resistance has certain code words that are broadcast over the radio and that the, the Germans know the code words mean something. These are messages that the BBC um, put over the radio so that uh, French citizens could get messages. But hidden in them was a code. And one of them was this. Demain, la mélasse deviendra du cognac. Demain, la mélasse deviendra du cognac. Jean a de longues moustaches. Je répète, Jean a de longues moustaches. The French resistance fighter in the movie who saw that, and that was an actual BBC clip. That was actually the signal that the invasion of Europe was about to commence. It gave hope and it gave inspiration to those who heard it. And it knew it was a call to action. And we're going to have to figure out what our call to action is It's interesting that our call to action is coming over the radio also, is being broadcast over the radio, conservative talk radio. Shows like this, now, you know, this is just a small show in a big universe. You're listening, and my goal is to encourage you. We're looking for the encouragement because activity is required on all of our part, and particularly your part. Activity to remove this administration from power. I'm not calling for an armed insurrection. But there are legal means to remove this administration from power. That comes through the courts. That comes through votes. That comes through political activity of elected representatives. Some of them are far-fetched. Many are not. And so... We know that there are audits of the electoral process going on right now in uh, Maricopa County in Arizona. We know there is an audit going on in Antrim County. Uh, That's seen a setback, but it's not a total loss yet. And we need to support those on the front line in this battle, just as they supported those on the front lines at D-Day. We need to send money. (laughs) You know the song, Lawyers, guns, and money. Well, we need to send lawyers and money. We'll hold off on the guns for now. Somebody on the front lines of this battle of exposing the electoral fraud is Pat Kolbeck. I recorded this interview with Pat a couple days ago because he wouldn't be available this afternoon. He's a busy guy. We're here with Pat Kolbeck. Uh, I trust he needs no introduction, but just to recap, Pat is the founder of letsfixstuff.org. He's a former rocket scientist and a prime witness to the election fraud that installed President Joe Biden and his running mate Kamala Harris 
the least popular candidate in the Democratic primaries. So, hi, Pat. How are you today? <laughs> Very good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. So, you were at Frisky Farm Market last week, right? Uh, yeah, we organized an event called Decision Day, Come Hear the Evidence. And I was the brainchild behind this. I was so frustrated that we were unable to get out the word about our election fraud evidence that I said, you know what? Forget about the media. Forget about our elected officials. Let's take it directly to the people. I can understand that. I can understand the frustration. So uh, you have a good turnout? We had about 2,000 people, um, over 1,000 notarized affidavits um, uh, requesting forensic audits being sent to our elected officials up in Lansing. And so, um, yeah, it was pretty successful. Mike Lindell did a great job motivating folks and showing the evidence. We had Dr. Frank, of course, and uh, Ann Vandersteel and Joe Flynn and a couple of YouTube standouts, uh, sensations like uh, George Behese and um, uh, the and Brian Lupo, um, and just a bunch of good people. Christina Caramo, Melissa Carone, Sandy Kiesel with the Election Integrity Fund. We had Stand Up Michigan there with Tammy Clark and Ron Armstrong, and uh, I know I'm going to forget somebody that was out there. But anyway, it was a it was a great cast. Uh, Randy Bishop led the uh, served as the MC. He's got the WCHY, uh, which is his program. Your Defending Fathers is broadcast on WHAM um, and on uh, uh, so just a really good group of people just trying to get the word out about what really happened in this last election. Right. I was listening to Chuck Randy last Sunday describe the uh, the turnout as, as far as it was. And uh, yeah, I would have liked to, if I'd have had three hours, you know, four hours <laughs> to travel each direction, that would have been nice. But uh, I was hoping to get you on today because I didn't see any recordings of of uh, the event. And I was hoping you could describe some of what you talked about at Frisky and then have some other questions for you on top of that. I'd like to do a little mini presentation here if you'd like. That was good old Americana apple pie hot dogs. Cherry pie, probably more appropriate with the Frisky Farm Orchards, <laughs> but it was really... It was just really a down-home gathering. Everybody loved it. The, the weather was actually kind of scorching for a while, and then as everybody was getting all all uh, getting all heated up and stuff, uh, God threw a nice little rain burst over us, and um, a little bit, it cooled things down just a little bit, and it was just really sweet. And at the very end, we had Gina Johnson deliver a prayer, um, a closing prayer, and right as she finished her prayer, the sunshine came out. It was really uh, impressive and uh, just a great way of ending a, a real fantastic event. All right. So what kind of things did you talk about? Did you talk about Antrim County? Obviously, I, I would think you would. And um, the, uh, the DePorno lawsuit, well, I forget his, his uh, client's name again. Bill Daly. There you go. Yeah. So would you like to talk about that a bit? Yeah, I mean, really, the focus of the event that was out there, I handed out a primer. I called the election fraud um, primer. Excuse me? And that's to be found on letsfixstuff.org, right? Yeah, you can find this. Not just this, but you can download this for yourself in PDF form and share it with your friends and family. But what uh, you can, for every bullet that's on this card, we have links to the actual affidavits, to the actual reports, to the actual analyses, to the actual video footage, photographs, whatever, of the evidence around each of these assertions. And 
And maybe it's good just to kind of walk people through the major assertions that were made on this evidence primer, because um, you hear constantly in the media, uh, frustratingly so, that the evidence that we're providing is categorically false, it's unsubstantiated, um, it doesn't uh, it doesn't demonstrate election fraud. That's all hooey and propaganda. The truth is that the uh, we have, the evidence that we have of election fraud is that it is widespread, it is significant, and it is indeed substantiated. Nobody's debunked any of this data here, um, and I defy you to get a, a cogent explanation from anybody who suggests that it is. Um, and so here's here's just a run through for your um, listeners as to uh, how I organized the evidence of election fraud in this last election. I put it into four major categories. The first category is chain of custody violations. The second category is statutory violations, i.e. violations of the law. The third is constitutional violations, i.e. violations of our civil rights. Number four are what I called influence operations, um, which are essentially what the United States does against other countries influence election results. Well, it turns out in this last election, other countries were attempting to do that with the assistance of domestic agents here in the, in the, uh, in the United States. So, so those four categories are the key to organizing all the evidence that we have. And I'm, I'm just going to walk through chain of custody. This is a term that many of your listeners may be familiar with from watching uh, crime dramas on TV. If you can't demonstrate that you've maintained chain of custody around evidence and you go before a judge with that evidence, what happens? The case the gets case thrown is, out. Yeah, case is thrown out. Well, in an election, same thing should be happening. If you can't demonstrate you maintain the chain of custody around our election records, you have no reason to believe the results that, you have, that you're advertising around that election. And that's what we saw in this last election. Um, there are four key links that I that I like to go over, and I'm and I'll say right up front, all four of these links were broken in this in this uh, last election cycle. And frankly, in order to decertify an election, all you need is one of these links to be broken to decertify. And we had all four of them broken. And what are these links? Number one, qualified voter file. That's a statewide voter database that determines who's eligible to vote in the state of Michigan. Number two. We have the poll book. Now, poll book is essentially a precinct-specific extract of that qualified voter file that's used by poll workers to determine who legitimately gets a ballot, whether they're doing whether they're voting by mail or whether or not they're voting in person. Then you have the other next link in the chain of custody is that of the ballot itself. And then the last link in the chain of custody is what everybody stays up at night trying to watch and find out what the who won the election. That's called the vote tally. So four links. You have the qualified voter file, the poll book, the ballot, and the vote tally. So in the uh, in this last election, we have evidence to suggest that as many as 616,000 uh, voters in the qualified voter file were not qualified. They were is ineligible. That, and, is that uh, statewide or nationwide, just, just to be clear? statewide. Okay. Statewide. And keep in mind that the margin of victory reported by George uh, for uh, Joe Biden is 155,188 votes. So what they created with that 616,000 um, uh, ineligible voter pool, if you will, is a nice little slush fund that they could draw from to go off and allocate and match up with ballots downstream which is what happens at the next stage. That's the poll book. And what we found in the poll books was that um, 
the uh, um, not only were uh, there multiple instances of poll, poll books in Detroit, I tallied at least four different instances of poll books. Some cases they didn't even bother um, looking to see if uh, a voter was actually in the poll book. They just processed their ballot anyway. Um, so there's a lot of issues around the poll book. Yeah, the, yeah. The poll book. The poll book is like when I go in to vote and I give them my driver's license with photo ID. Hey, and they scan down and they say, "Oh, this address. This is where you're at." And then they check it off and then give me a ballot or give me a ticket to get a ballot. That's what we're talking Correct. about. The poll book, right? Yeah. Yep, and if it's a mail-in ballot, what they'll do is they'll check the ballot envelope number that you're submitted. That uh, they'll check the signature on the on the ballot envelope against what's in the actual poll book, and uh, they'll check the ballot number against what was issued um, in the uh, mailing that you were supposedly sent. And so there's a few things that they use to try to verify the identity of the person that's sending in a mail-in ballot. But that's a gatekeeper. The poll book is extremely important. You are the gatekeeper for who gets a ballot. Because after somebody's handed a ballot, when that person casts a vote, that ballot stub's gone. So any traceability back to who cast that ballot by design is gone. You don't want to, you want to be able to vote anonymously. You don't want people to trace back mm -hmm. and see that Ed Botarenko actually voted for Biden. You know, nobody wants to go up and nobody see wants that. to see that. No, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't vote for Biden. I, I don't know for sure technically because I wasn't there, but uh, but, I don't uh, know anybody who voted for Biden. To you, if you actually did that, all right, mm -hmm. um, at least for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anybody who voted for Joe Biden. Yeah. So no, I yeah, but there's a lot of dead people that did. So um, so anyway, the idea of that poll book is extremely important. That's the gatekeeper. If you if you've got bad voters in there, you got fake voters in that poll book, and you fake the credentials associated with them. Well, guess what? You, you're going to be giving them a ballot that should never have been cast. So if you've broken the link up at the QVF, which is what is that data is what's used to populate the actual poll book. Well, now you've broken the poll book, too. And so that link is broken. And then once you've broken the poll book, well, you're giving ballots to people that never should be able to vote. You're giving it to people that are like Elvis Presley or Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse or anything like that. It doesn't matter. And now all of a sudden that ballot is going to be thrown into that ballot container. And then that what's in that ballot container is what's going to be run through these tabulators. And that's how you're going to get your vote tally. Multiple so times. You've got a bunch of, a lot of people say that all you have to do to prove the integrity of the election is do a recount. Uh-uh. That doesn't matter. I mean, just based on what we we're just telling you, if you've got, all a recount does is tell you that all the ballots that you have in the bin that were secured by the, sec by the uh, clerk are uh, are getting recounted. Um, it doesn't tell you how many of those ballots are fake or real. It doesn't tell you how many of the voters that cast the ballots are fake or real. It doesn't tell you any of that. That's why you have to maintain security around those ballot containers because what stops somebody from uh, coming in in the middle of the night, maybe like in a delivery van at 3.30 in the morning, and okay. drop off a whole bunch of ballots that you want to throw through the, uh, through the tabulators? That's um, crazy talk. That couldn't happen. Oh, no, it can never happen, except at the TCF Center at 3.30 in the morning where I was there witnessing it in Detroit. So um, so that's important. And then the vote tally itself, you know, who's tracking the, the integrity of the data that came from the vote tabulators out to the adjudicators and then out to all points north out to um, the uh, news outlets that are reporting these unofficial election results?
Well, that's a good question, and we'll continue the discussion after the break for the commercials. Please join us with this discussion with Patrick Kolbeck after the break. Thank you. to be courageous we were made to lead the way we could be the generation that finally breaks the chains we were made to be courageous we were made to be courageous we were warriors on the front lines standing Welcome back to the second half of Your American Heritage. We're having a discussion this afternoon with Pat Kobeck, uh, quite the expert on election fraud, a witness in many cases nationally and uh, locally. He's well-informed. He's willing to inform you. Please continue to listen. Thanks. And then the vote tally itself. You know, who's tracking... The, the integrity of the data that came from the vote tabulators out to the adjudicators and then out to all points north out to um, the uh, news outlets that are reporting these unofficial election results. How's that data being transferred? And who's, who's monitoring consistency between the data that's in the tabulators and the data that's being reported out to these media, media outlets and ultimately to our um, statement of votes and um, that uh, board of canvassers will use to certify. When yeah. you say when you say vote tallies, now does that count the tabulators, the output of the tabulators, so that the vote tally could, of course, be influenced by if the ballots were ran, run through twice, right? Um, right. So right. that's what we're talking about when we talk about vote vote tallies. And not just something that's reported to the media, but the actual vote counting itself. Yeah, it's another. You're also counting the number of ballots that were submitted into there as well. Um, and uh, I've actually diagrammed out all these election processes. It's up at letsfixstuff.org. You can go off and look at it yourself. In addition to all the detailed evidence behind this card here, so it's um, you can, anyway. You walk through all that, and and you got to demonstrate that the chain of custody has been maintained in order for you to have any confidence in the integrity of the election because a lot of people are saying just count the ballots that'll tell you whether or not the election was stolen or not no way because if you have not controlled who actually got to put a ballot into that ballot box up front then you have no reason to believe that any of the ballots in there are valid and that's that's a concern um so that's kind of the chain of custody breakout uh, i made a big issue out of uh, internet connectivity because um if you've got internet connectivity, you've got the ability to go off and mess with every single one of those links in the chain of custody. And uh, let's just say you wanted a different vote tally than what was actual, what the actual vote tally is. All you have to do is make sure that you adjust the database that's printing the final election results um, so that it pushes the results you want. Then you go back and you make sure that you order the number of ballots that you want to stuff into the container from a... Uh, 
let's just call it the Chicago warehouse, shall we? Um, which actually was the term for the Detroit Elections Bureau during the uh, 2020 election. The Detroit Election Bureau was known as the Chicago warehouse, and I'll leave it to your imagination as to why they may call that that. Um, and then they go off and update the poll books to reflect the vote counts that they need to have with these new ballots that they stuff the ballot box with. That's the way the game is rigged. So they use the internet connectivity to keep all this stuff in sync. And it doesn't have to be just on election day. It can be before the election to determine how many mail-in ballots you will have to go off and, and push out and get into these uh, unsupervised ballot drop boxes. Or it can be used after the election when you say, oopsies, more people voted than I thought were going to vote. And you have to do some vote adjustments on your uh, ballots and order a new crop that have to be adjusted before they do the final certification. So um, internet connectivity is an issue across the board. And I saw evidence of that when I was at the TCS Center. Well, the internet connectivity, I mean, that's exactly how something like what happened at Antrim, where the 6,000 votes got swapped, that could only happen through internet connectivity. Is that correct? No, there's a lot of different explanations for what happened in Antrim, and uh, they don't necessarily require connection to the internet. Now, we just so happen to have evidence of connection to the internet, lots of evidence, including a letter from Dominion to uh, the Antrim County clerk, um, you know, in the wake of the primary election that was held in Antrim, saying we need to improve upon our internet connections in the general election <laughs> and uh, because it was too spotty during the primary election. Well, uh, I'll tell you, that's, that's kind of admittance that they're connected to the internet, don't you think? Just we also little. have quotes from Dominion to Antrim County uh, for 17 modems um, for the townships and another five for the county. So uh, you have all the Dominion documentation that states that they intend to connect to the internet. We have training videos with Dominion showing that they're talking to their employees about connecting their devices to the internet. So it's pretty damning that they're connected to the internet. Plus, that's not even addressing what we found in other counties. And, and it's why it's not just about Dominion machines, it's uh, ESNS machines, which is one of the three, one of the other um, vendors in Michigan. There's three vendors in Michigan, Heart Systems, ESNS, and Dominion. ESNS, we uh, went under the hood of one of their machines and found a, uh, a uh, TELIT uh, 4G um, modem, wireless modem, embedded on the motherboard of the voting system, and which is essentially like putting a smartphone and gluing it to your motherboard inside the voting system. As soon as that computer was turned on, it was screaming, hello world, hello internet, here I am, well, and it was immediately to, connected. Explain to us one more time, because I know early on you were making a, a, a complaint about seeing internet connectivity on computers that were running the software. And so what rules are violated by having this interconnectivity that, that disqualifies those, those votes right off the bat? It's the equivalent of breaking the seal tape on your election result envelope because you can't guarantee that nobody went into that, did not go into that machine and tamper with the election results. And, uh, and so it opens a door to people with the right credentials, with the right skills to go in and modify the election results. So it was very clear when I was in TCS Center in Detroit, they did not want to admit to the fact that these things were admitted to the internet or connected to the internet. And the reason is because as soon as they say so, then they've just broken the entire link in the uh, chain of custody around the election 
and it would never have been certified. So they stuck to their story, but the evidence tells otherwise. There was a professor at uh, University of Michigan, was it, who proved how proved how easy it was to uh, uh, crack into and change the votes in these machines. It's not yeah. a fairy tale. It's demonstrable, right? Well, if you read and listen and watch all the news stories and documentaries coming out of the progressive uh, culture um, prior to the election, they are all talking about how vulnerable our election systems were. Funny thing is, all those same people after the election and they got the results that they wanted, their lips were zipped and they don't talk about that at all anymore about how vulnerable it was. And I don't know what magically was fixed between March 2020 when the documentary Kill Chain was put out mm -hmm. talking about all these vulnerabilities and November 3rd, but apparently they must have battened down the hatches and fixed every known vulnerability with these machines um, prior to that point. Um, so I, I um, anyway, they're, they're obviously being disingenuous and uh, um, no, these systems were very vulnerable. It's just that they exploited them in this last election. So you said that uh, uh, Mike Lindell was that, uh, and I'd like to be able to say, and, you know, buy your pillars, pillows and use code Ed Bondarenka, but uh, I'm not affiliated with my pillow, and I get no kickback from, from your buying his pillows. But, folks, please support Mike Lindell. Buy stuff from uh, MyPillow.com and uh, his store there. So I've seen his video, Absolute 90, uh, I'm sorry, Absolute 90. Did I get the name right? Yeah. Yeah. And... I, obviously, you've seen it, too. And so it's showing these uh, documentation of IP addresses approaching Dominion voting machines during the election. And he's claiming, and his guest is Not claiming. Not just Dominion, all of them. Okay. And, and they're claiming that these are unfudgeable, um, uh, this is unfudgeable documentation, that you can't, you can't, uh, you can't have fraud in trying to make the fraud look like, like fraud. Yeah. So no, this is yeah. This this comes from terabytes worth of data that they had to um, sequence and decrypt. It's the equivalent to trying to put together all the paper that's been through a shredder and trying to reassemble it afterwards and try to make sense out of it. It's taken weeks to go off and do it. They did it. And the result of which is, first of all, they, they understand that every single state in the country was, was subject to a cyber attack. I know we focus in on the battleground states, and that's what he zeroes in on in his documentary is absolute proof, absolute interference, and absolute 9-0. Um, but keep in mind, all states were attacked. It just so happens that the battleground states were sufficient to flip the votes sufficiently uh, for president so that we have an illegitimate occupant of the White House right now. There's over 555,000 votes that were flipped across five states, and that's sufficient to, all, all we really need is three of those battleground states to flip, and we'd have a different occupant of the White House. We actually have the evidence, the detailed evidence around five of those states that should have been flipped. Along those lines, then, I'm glad you brought that up in the few minutes that we have left. Uh, there's two things I'd like to ask you about, and one is, uh, are you being sued by Dominion? I've been threatened with a lawsuit, and if you want to see the letters that they've sent to me, you can go to exposeelectionfraud.com. Uh, we're putting together a legal defense fund uh, should they go the next step, which is actually sue me 
Um, I do need legal counsel and preparation for that. And uh, just so you know, legal fees run at anywhere between $400 and $1,400 an hour for lawyers. So that'll tell you how long we have talking to one of them. Yeah. And along those lines, folks, I'd like you to go to Eventbrite. This is where you buy tickets online, eventbrite.com, and do a search for Patrick Kobeck or fundraiser for Patrick Kobeck because... uh, on June 13th, between 4 p.m. and 8.30 p.m., in uh, in Howell at the Brighton Recreation Area. Don't get confused here. It's in Howell, but it's the Brighton Recreation Area. I actually know where that is. A friend of mine lives adjacent to that. And there's a pavilion there, $50 in advance. Now, this is, this is not just a ticket to go see Patrick Kobeck and other people, and Patrick will tell us who those are, or I'll pull it up and, and read it. I'd rather Pat told us. Um, this is not just a, a uh, event to go gather. This money is being used for exactly this, this uh, legal defense, these legal defense fees. And, heck, even if you can't make it, buy tickets. Give them to somebody else who will go, or just don't show. But donate to this cause, because if you can't do something physical, uh, you can't go to a protest. There's there's things that hinder you from, you know, being more involved in the fight. Your dollars, putting your dollars into the fight like this are very important. And, and supporting Pat here as he goes out and does battle, along with the others, uh, it's, it's, it's important that you support that effort. Once again, that's fundraiser for Patrick Kobeck. Uh, eventbrite.com and that once again that's Sunday June 13th and it's between 4 and 8.30 so uh, you can go to church go to dinner and then go there well here just let me point out some of the yeah. speakers on that because you were talking it. about it. it's called the event's called United We Stand and it's organized by my friend Cindy Holland and she just did this on her own initiative and she pulled together speakers and we got Melissa Carone we got Matt DiPerno we got um, Dr. Doug Frank from the documentary Scientific Proof they're all going to be speaking on my behalf, um, and I think Christina Caramo is going to be out there as well, uh, who's a candidate for Secretary of State. So it's um, intended to just get out the information. It's kind of a con- continuance of what happened in Antrim County. We're just getting the evidence out to people and letting them see what happened. And in the process, I think we're just going to try to encourage people to um, beef up our legal defense fund so that we can uh, fight back if we have to. Right, and you can find this event also on Facebook, too. So all you have to do is look for uh, United We Stand with Patrick Kolbeck and, um, or find Cindy Holland, uh, as Pat said, on, on uh, Facebook, and there are links there. Uh, I, I highly, highly recommend that you be involved in this. This is how you could support Pat and his fight. I want to know, um, are you aware of what's going on in Arizona right now? Because I see news come back and forth, and I don't know how to interpret it. Yeah, well, first and foremost, Arizona is doing an audit. That's what we want to happen in Michigan. And you notice that there's legislators from Georgia, from Pennsylvania, from Nevada, from Wisconsin that have all gone down to Arizona to figure out what they're doing, how they're doing it, what are they discovering. It would be nice for us to send a Michigan delegation down there, don't you think? And that's why there's this (laughs) petition initiative. From a lot of grassroots activists all across the state, uh, Election Integrity Fund's doing it, Guard the Vote's doing it, um, and folks at Stand Up Michigan have been helping with this as well. There's uh, affidavits that we're sending to our legislators saying, we need you to protect our constitutional right to an audit. 
and there have been zero audits performed in Michigan. I know the Secretary of State likes to claim that 250 have been performed, including one out in Antrim County. There never has been an audit. Matter of fact, her own defense counsel, the Assistant Attorney General, Eric Grill, in the Antrim County court case, oral hearings around the motion to dismiss the case, admitted that there were no audits conducted in Antrim County. Yet somehow the judge, anyway, don't even get me on that, but the bottom line is there's been no audits. They've done a lot of recounts, but no audits. And if you want to know the difference, go ask your uh, uh, favorite IRS agent to, to perform an audit on you, and you'll understand that uh, you have to demonstrate paper trail for all your entries in an audit. That's never been asked for in the state of Michigan. And, uh, and so we demand better. And if he did an audit, it resembles something closer to what's actually happening out in Maricopa County. Okay. Now, end game. What do you, what do you believe sincerely can or will happen with where we're going with this? Now, Mike Lindell likes to think that uh, we're going to end up with a Supreme Court case and that, as he said in absolute 9-0, that the Supreme Court justices will rule in favor of finding the fraud. Will can do we have an actual hope of decertifying this election? And if we do, then what happens in your mind? Yes, we do. We've already had in this election cycle uh, two election decertifications: one in Mississippi and one in New Jersey for various state races. Um, this has happened before in the past. This is not something new. It's not something we go through very often. I'll admit that, but it's not something that uh, is impossible to do. Under Article 2 of the U.S. Constitution, it's the state legislature that has plenary authority, absolute authority regarding the assignment of electoral votes. And if they wanted to go off and put in a different president based on new evidence of election fraud, they could put one in. It hasn't been done before in the past, but nothing prohibits that from happening. Um, furthermore, uh, you've got a case where um, there's a, something called the writ of co-warranto in our law. That's a mechanism for addressing what happens in the case of fraud. Essentially, you're asking the candidates that are currently serving in office to show us proof that they got in legitimately. You're asking them for that audit trail. And if they can't show their papers are in order, they get the boot and you do a revote. So there are real mechanisms that are allowed. Frankly, uh, the sad part is we only have one case that qualifies for writ of co-warranto currently in the state of Michigan, and that's that Antrim County case, which is subject to appeal right now. Um, so that's a, that's a big deal. So there is a mechanism. There is a reason for hope. And, you know, when somebody robs a bank, you don't let them get away with the jewels and, and go away scot-free. Here they stole our country. And a lot of people died to protect the, the freedoms that we have protected in our Constitution here. And for us to just simply give it away to some thieves in the middle of the night and not do anything to go off and rectify the situation for me is unconscionable. So damn straight, I want to make sure that we remove the illegitimate office holders from office. And once we've done that, then we can start talking about election reforms. But until we reconcile what happened in the 2020 election, I don't care about 2022. I don't care about 2024. We have to fix this now. Amen. Amen. It's unpatriotic to do anything else, to sit back and let somebody rob you of your vote, rob you of the office of presidency. And we see everything else that the Biden administration has done and, and is ramming down our throats because they also, I believe, they stole John James' seat. We certainly know they stole the two seats in Georgia. And so they look at how we 
we grew in the in the House, and we held a lot in the Senate. We were on a roll, and we got rolled. And uh, and we have yeah we have a, a, an imposter. We have a resident in the White House, and we need to do something to deal with that. And and this is part of the fight that that you're fighting for us, and I appreciate that. So um, let's see any fi final closing statements you'd like to make. It's about sharing information right now. So go to letsfixstuff.org, get the information that you need to share the truth with your friends and family, spread that. Um, right now, the media is just pushing propaganda, a bunch of lies. Um, and uh, go look at the evidence yourself. Share that evidence with your friends and family. You're on the front lines, just like Ed's on the front lines with his radio show. It's an information war, first and foremost, right now. Get the truth out to your friends and family. And uh, as Christians, we know what happens when you have the truth. The truth will set you free. Amen. I believe that. And uh, I was talking to a coworker today, and uh, I was explaining some of what was going on. And it's amazing how many people are oblivious. They don't know the names. They don't know the events. They have no idea what's going on. They show little interest. And we need to get this information in front of them to pique their interest so that then, you know, then they can rise up also. It's like it's like playing frozen tag on the playground, and you've got to go around and set everybody else free, right? Give them yeah. the truth, and the truth will set them free. Well, thanks, Pat. Thanks for joining us, and God bless you and your effort. And uh, hope to see you on June 13th at, uh, at the United We Stand with Patrick Kolbeck event. Uh, folks, once again, search it out. It's $50 a ticket. It's money well worth spent. You'll 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 thank yourself for doing it. All right, thanks, Pat. God bless you. All right, thanks, Ed. Not come alive. Have a great day. Well, folks, thanks for joining us for this edition of Your American Heritage. Once again, the podcast is available on Google, Spotify, whamradio.com. Find it, use it. Um, uh, support Pat. The uh, event is tomorrow night. Find it on eventbrite.com. Contribute. Get in the battle. Be part of the fight. God bless you, and remember to talk to God. to God before you find yourself before the firing squad when you're holding on to a lightning rod it's a great time Just blown a wide It's 
Guys. 